We're hearing Shepherd's Song at Christmas by Gwyneth Walker. The composer explains the poem, Shepherd's Song at Christmas, is found in a collection of children's nativity poems by Langston Hughes. The voice in this poem is a shepherd child who wonders what he or she can bring to the child in the manger. He is just a poor shepherd child. What can he offer? The answers are a song which can be sung, a lamb which he can bring, and his heart which he can give. These are his gifts to the king in Bethlehem. Notes by American composer Gwyneth Walker. This is a performance by the Bel Canto Children's Chorus under the direction of Joy Hirakawa, featured as part of a CD titled A Child's Christmas in Bethlehem, presented by the Bach Choir of Bethlehem under the direction of Greg Funfgeld. The project is designed to allow us, as listeners, to experience the events in Bethlehem in the Holy Land through music, mingled with the diverse Christmas traditions of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, in the present day, all through a child's eyes. We can immediately recognize that Shepherd's Song at Christmas is such an appropriate choice for this program. The poem's text is set in Bethlehem of Judea and follows a child who is preparing for a journey. And one of the gifts is a song the child will sing. So here is a piece about a child singing a song in ancient Bethlehem, performed by a chorus of children in 21st century Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And in our day, different expressions of the marking of Christmas are to be celebrated as part of the universal human longing for peace and love. So how right it is that Shepherd's Song was composed by a woman who chose to set words of an esteemed African-American poet about a child seeking the fulfillment of the child's deepest heart's desire, prepared to give everything the child is, everything the child has in gratitude. Shepherd's Song at Christmas is a real-life example of the ideals of the Bel Canto Youth Chorus. They tell us the process of learning to work together as a team to create inspired musical performances builds personal empathy and understanding. Bowel Canto considers each individual chorister as a valued contributing member. Their instructional approach provides social and historical context for every piece they study. Musicianship and vocal technique are seamlessly integrated into instruction and drawn directly from the music they are learning. Their repertoire ranges from Bach to contemporary composers and culturally based music, with a special emphasis on underrepresented composers and music. These wide-ranging musical experiences connect the singers, creating a strong sense of community, understanding the power they have when they lift their voices. That last phrase is a key in the development of the Bel Canto Youth Chorus singers, understanding the power they, as singers, have when they lift their voices.
This is another song sung by young people with a destination. This destination is freedom. I'm going to stand up, take my people with me. Together we are going to a brand new home. The song is Stand Up from the movie Harriet, a biographical film about Harriet Tubman. The song is by Joshua Campbell and Cynthia Arrivo, and here arranged by Taya Douglas. In 2018, the Bel Canto Choir merged with the Bach Choir of Bethlehem and now provides a youth choral music education program for the Bach Choir of Bethlehem and performs regularly on Bach Choir programs and also collaborates with other artists and organizations as well. Joy Hirakawa is the founder and artistic director of the Bel Canto Youth Chorus. She earned a doctorate of musical arts in music education from Boston University, a master's degree in choral conducting from Temple University, and a bachelor's degree with honors in music education also from Temple. She teaches a course annually at Villanova University's summer music program in working with the child's voice. Dr. Hirakawa is a frequent guest conductor and clinician. The Bel Canto Youth Chorus of the Bach Choir of Bethlehem has a new curriculum for the spring as well as a new video production, Stand Up, Singing the Underground Railroad. The events of last summer regarding racial inequality and social justice provided inspiration for this new curriculum, first instituted in Bel Canto's summer preseason camp and continuing for its entire season this year. Using traditional spirituals, as well as music by contemporary African-American composers and artists, the spring curriculum focuses on music that tells the story of the Underground Railroad. Through music, storytelling, and dialogue, the chorus hopes to encourage greater self-awareness regarding issues of race and greater understanding of communities and the world. We had a chance to speak by phone with Dr. Joy Hirakawa about the ensemble and what she believes is important in the education of young musicians. This is not a new ensemble, right? We're completing our 27th season, I believe, or maybe 28th, because we started long before we joined with the Bach Choir. So my motivations have evolved, actually, in terms of philosophically for the choir. And in the beginning, like many other people who, who were riding this wave, this explosion of youth and children's choirs that came out in the late 80s and early 90s, there was this wave of, of people who wanted to do exceptionally artistic work with young voices, and, and the capabilities and the expectations of what you could do with young voices just kind of exploded. So, you know, it was all about the artistry and, and quality music education and teaching musicianship in the context of the rehearsal. And that is still the core of what we do. And, and I think that's why we match well with Bach Choir, because, you know, we are very committed to artistry and, and quality education and providing great opportunities for our young people to learn how to sing, become musicians, and the, the whole choral experience is, is really significant. And the sense of community, too, which I think is also a big part of the Bach Choir. So we share those common values. I think over time, the choral field is evolving just in general, not just children and youth, but I think in general, the, the choral music field 
is evolving, and I think it has been really brought into sharper focus in this past year with everybody being on lockdown. And when that story came out last year about the choir in, I believe it was Portland, Oregon, or is it Washington State, the the choir that was a super spreader event, it was early on, you know, that was crushing to those of us who do this work. And Eric Whitaker, who's a pretty well-known choral composer, did a keynote address at the very beginning of this conference that the ACDA conference, American Choral Directors Association, it was their national conference, and he did a keynote. And one of the things he said was, you know, what was so hard for us as, as choral musicians was that something that is so benevolent and, and generous, an art, you know, choral singing, people singing together, that it could have such devastating consequences was just crushing, you know. And I think he, he hit it spot on when he said that. I think that's why, you know, how could singing possibly be a bad thing? And yet, you're, you know, it's one of the worst things you can do, people singing together as a group and exhaling over each other. And I think that experience in particular, but it was already bubbling before, really has brought to the fore why people are so drawn to choral music and choral singing. And it has to do with this sense of community and this sense of being uh, sharing, having a shared experience with others. And joining voices together is something that is just profoundly powerful. And and what we're seeing in the choral field is that people have achieved these these wonderful levels of artistic excellence and kind of getting there and looking around and saying, okay, what else? And And the what else is bringing artistry and bringing this shared sense of humanity and community to people who don't have access. And we're seeing this in prison choirs, in choirs for special needs people. We're seeing it in all kinds, homeless choirs, all kinds of things where, you know, this is becoming really an important aspect of choral music. And so this, this social justice piece has always been kind of profoundly, deeply part of my own, my own being. I mean, I grew up as a Quaker, and so I have that sort of sense of, of wanting to build a consensus and, and a desire for peace building and that sort of thing. It's always been part of who I am. And so now this opportunity to bring this kind of work to young people and show them that through music, you can not only have artistic excellence, but also achieve a cause and do, do good in the world, as it were, right? Through, through sharing your voice, through bringing people together, through singing and through song. And so I think I kind of followed that wave, you know, professionally of wanting this artistic excellence. And then, okay, what are we going to do with this now that we have these skills? And so the project that we're working on now is a direct result of all of that, you know, and the I'll be very honest, as as a 60-something-year-old white woman, I had to learn my history. I had to go back, and, and this is what I'm finding both heartbreaking and also very rewarding, R- rewarding in, in that it's bringing a new level of understanding to me of the lived experience of our friends who are African Americans, going back 150, 200, 300 years. And the heartbreaking part is that I never learned that in school. It was completely ignored, completely whitewashed. And I really, I, I feel so strongly that 
by not having that part of our our educational system and not part of our history books is is creating some of the problems that we're seeing today because people don't understand the lived experience of somebody who's different than them. And so my first hurdle, quite honestly, is just understanding the history and place and and learning about these amazing individuals who were significant in African-American history. They're not anywhere in our history books. And I think that really came to light when I started looking into the Underground Railroad story and Harriet Tubman, which the whole impetus for this was a video last summer that was created by this family of four siblings of the song Stand Up from the movie about Harriet Tubman. And in their little video, the song is called Stand Up, and in their video, they spliced in images of some of the protests from last summer, the racial injustice protests and everything. So they were connecting past and present. And that has been the spark that has been carrying me through all year. So I thought, wow, I really would love to do this arrangement. I'd like to know more about the Underground Railroad. I started looking into it and came to realize that our area in the Lehigh Valley and in Quakertown, I'm from Quakertown originally, and we were a northern terminus for the Underground Railroad. I mean, the buildings that I have driven by countless times in my life were way stations. I mean, this was just mind-boggling to me that I never, I, I grew up and never knew this. And this is a significant time and a significant group of people, black and white, who work together cooperatively to help each other. And it, it's, it's just really, it was really uh, kind of startling to me to, to realize that. Our choir normally travels in the summer. We clearly weren't going to do that this summer because we just, you know, with the pandemic, we couldn't plan for that. And so I thought, well, this is a great opportunity for us to look in our own backyard. Look at the history that we have right here. Instead of going someplace and learning about history someplace else, let's learn about the history of our place. Let's learn about the contribution our region made to helping people escape from enslavement. It, it's, it's huge. And it's a great opportunity to introduce this history that I felt was missing in my own education to introduce this new history to my singers who, in all likelihood, ha- have very little exposure to that history as well. Uh, and then part B is to tie those struggles to what is happening today because it's all tied. It's all everything is related. And if you can understand the past, it'll help you understand the present and hopefully the future. And maybe these young people will move forward in life with a different point of view, a different openness to learning more about their African-American friends and their experience. I, I think that's just really, really important to, to give those opportunities to young people. So, yes, we had to pick the music and all of that, but I had to learn history. <laughs> I'm sure you've been uncovering a range of wonderful musics. Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting point because a lot of the things that I've been reading about, the, the beginnings of spirituals and, and how... They are is a a real blend of the melodies that came with Africans who were brought here against their will. Those melodies are translated and joined together with the music of the Americas, the Europe European music of the Americas. And so out of this, spirituals were born. And so it's really the foundation of so much of of truly American music. And that has influenced virtually all all kinds of American music coming out of that. I mean, there's a direct lineage from the, the spirituals to blues 
to gospel, to early rock and roll, to early country music, all of that came from that influence of, of the music that was brought here by enslaved Africans. And, and even beyond that, we, we see, we, we hear so much about during the civil rights movement in the 60s and 50s, you know, where did they go to, to find strength to sing together? They went back to spirituals, and, and so many of those were translated because the universal messages in them of, of striving for freedom, of overcoming adversity, these are universal messages that speak to humanity, which is why in the program we've also incorporated Bach chorales, because Bach chorales do have a similar function in terms of addressing the greater human condition in terms of universal messages. There is that commonality between these very, very different musics. And that is really in the program, even though it kind of follows the program in terms of the program order with the selections, follows broadly this idea of going from enslavement to a hope for a better world with the idea of the Underground Railroad, then the journey, and then an arrival in freedom. That's kind of the overall arch of the program and as told through spirituals. But the emphasis, each of those kind of sections, we've attached a Bach chorale that addresses a similar kind of, a similar kind of condition, a human condition. And so the idea is that even though we're following this kind of storyline, really what we're talking about is the triumph of the human spirit overall. We're talking about people who were required to endure unimaginable things, and yet the spirit that it takes and the, the fortitude and the courage that it takes to find a way out and make it through is, is just really remarkable. And, and that's the message that I want, to, I want because it is a universal message. And so I, I, that's what I'm really hoping my, my singers are walking away with, because it, it provides support and comfort for all of us. We all face difficulties, not of that kind, of course, but the, the survival of the human spirit is pretty remarkable. In terms of keeping your own spirits up and the spirits of the young singers, how are you shaping the project under these circumstances? Yeah, so, you know, it's been a challenge, of course, because we are trying to be very, very mindful of safety protocols, and singing has been dubbed one of the most risky things you can do. You know, now people are getting vaccinated, which is helpful. We have been rehearsing virtually since um, since January, so every week we are meeting online and having rehearsals, been pounding out parts. We've added additional individual times for each of the choristers. So we have a vocal coach who works with them, and I work with them individually, just little bits, little coachings, and made recordings for them to work on, especially with the German, with the Bach, and, and all of that. And now that the weather is starting to get a little bit warmer, we had been rehearsing outdoors in the fall on the porch at the Bach Choir office. It's open on three sides, so we're undercover. But there's plenty of cross-ventilation because we're outdoors. Everyone is masked and distanced. And we were able to do okay with that last fall. So the first day that we could, we, we got back up on the porch. And it was, it was so, so exciting to hear everyone 
sting together again. Yes, mask. Yes, distanced. And they were thrilled. They were just thrilled. So the good news is that the work we've been doing virtually is sticking and paying off. And they came and, and were really ready to, to dive into music making, which was fantastic. So the plan at this point is to rehearse outdoors. I, I'm hoping now that we're in April, of course, today's April and it's freezing cold outside, but moving forward that we're going to be having our regular weekly rehearsals outdoors on the porch. And then just this week, we set out a pretty ambitious series of weekend rehearsals. Again, outdoors because we really don't feel comfortable having people singing inside yet. I know some people are doing it and I'm, I'm seeing that a number of places and ensembles are doing that. We're pretty conservative and so we're not going to do that just yet. And so we have an ambitious series of Saturday workshops and then we have weekends where we're going to be doing audio and video recording at the end of May and hopefully get everything together and launched in June. That's kind of our timeline at this point. The big change is, of course, the weather, and that we're able to be outside and sing outside. Can people become involved? It's April. Is this a point in a year where people can join you, or when and how do people come to audition and be part? Yeah, that's a great question. Obviously, we're far enough into our production schedule this year that we're getting ready for, for the final push at this point. But we do auditions for membership starting in May for next season. And the auditions are super, super easy. Right now we're doing it all virtually via Zoom. And and we're looking for young people anywhere from second grade up to high school. Our oldest singers are seniors. And um, we do all travel repertoire. So older boys with changed voices or lower voices um, might not be a good fit, but we're especially looking for younger singers who, who, who we can take the time, because it takes many years, actually, to really get our young people trained with enough musicianship and skills to do the kinds of work that we're doing, which is pretty significant. But the, the audition is super, super easy. They sing a familiar tune. We do a few musicianship things where they listen and echo back and things like that. Mostly what we're looking for is young people who love to sing and and just want to express themselves in that way, we teach them all the stuff they need to know. We teach them vocal technique. We teach them musicianship skills. And they learn a whole lot in context of the music. And, and that's kind of our goal is to teach through the music. Our season generally runs from September to May in a typical year. This is an atypical year, of course. We do a summer camp for a week in August. And as I mentioned earlier, we typically do travel with the older singers in the summer. We have traveled to, we've done several international tours, Ireland, Italy, Central Europe, England a couple of times. We've been to Hawaii, the West Coast, um, Washington State, that area up to Canada. So we usually do travel, um, obviously not right now. Next year in 22, we are going to be part of a tour that is being organized by the Washington Children's Chorus in Washington, D.C., and the Choir School of Delaware. They, they're putting together, and this is an outgrowth of this whole stand-up Underground Railroad study. They got inspired by what we were doing and put together a tour that's going to follow Harriet Tubman's path from her home in Maryland 
through Wilmington, Philadelphia, and then north up towards Rochester, where she crossed over into Canada, up at Niagara. And so along the way, they're going to be picking up other groups. And so we are going to be part of that group next year, which I think that is like the coolest outgrowth of this study this year, to be physically part of this journey north. It'll it'll be very exciting for us. Speaking about journeys, what's this about bicycles and Bach? Yeah, it's a it's a, a wonderful thing. Every year, the Bach Choir undertakes a family concert that is geared towards young people, and Greg does a wonderful job of putting together a program that is really varied and interesting and engaging for all ages, really, but I think primarily targeting the younger elementary age set. And they every year do a, a program called Bach to School. The Bach to School program goes into the Allentown, Bethlehem, a number of different schools in the Lehigh Valley, and they hit every, I believe it's third grade class in Bethlehem, and I believe it's fourth grade in Allentown, and then another school district. They bring all the children together, and they put this Bach to School program on for all of the students. It's very engaging. Greg talks a lot about Bach and what kind of person he was and all of that. But this year, we can't do that because we're not going into the schools. So they created this program that brings this idea of Bach to school into a video. And the premise is that there's these young people on their bicycles. They hear music coming out of a church. They bring their bicycles into the church. And there's Greg sitting uh, at the organ playing the Toccata and Fugue in D minor, And some of our choristers there, the Belcanto choristers, are there. And then the program evolves uh, with opportunities for questions. Um, Deshaun Burton does a solo. Uh, The Belcanto singers sing a Bach chorale. There's instrumental performances. And it's it's a really engaging program that is, sadly, replacing our Bach to School program this year, but I think will be an enduring addition for teachers to use in the future And they've divided it into sections so they can focus on one part or another. There's a workbook that goes with it that's available as well. So it's it's going to be a great resource for teachers. Dr. Joy Hirakawa, founder and artistic director of the Bell Canto Youth Chorus of the Bach Choir of Bethlehem, speaking about its new curriculum for the spring as well as a new video production, Stand Up, Singing the Underground Railroad. We also heard about Bach, Bikes, and Basketball. To learn more about the Belcanto Youth Chorus, on the web, bach.org, B-A-C-H dot org, slash Belcanto, B-E-L-C-A-N-T-O, bach.org, slash Belcanto, The audition process will get underway starting in May, and all the details and information instructions are on the web, bach.org slash belcanto. And Dr. Hirakawa told us about the educational program, Bach Bikes and Basketball, and that is now posted online at bach.org, and you can see the entire program online on YouTube. And the link is on the Bach website, bach.org. That's the Bell Canto Youth Chorus of the Bach Choir of Bethlehem under the artistic direction of Dr. Joy Hirakawa, 
and the audition process is opening up in May. The details are available at bach.org slash bel canto.